If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms 34, verse 18. Psalms 34, verse 18. And then we're going to flip over to Psalms 147, verse 3. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those that are crushed in spirit. Psalms 147, verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. This morning I want to start just a short series entitled De Grinched, De Grinched. And the truth is, there is a lot of great movies out when it comes to Christmas. I don't know about you, but I enjoy watching some Christmas movies. How many of you enjoy watching some Christmas? It's a wonderful life. You know, my, my favorite is Christmas with the Cranks. Anybody ever watch Christmas with the Cranks? Boy, I like that one, especially when he gets the sunburn. You know, you know what I'm talking about. If you never watched it, you got to see it, right? And then I like the Santa Claus, you know, with Tim Allen. Papa Shisho. You'll see that. You'll get that, right, when you see it. I love those movies. You know, and I don't watch the whole thing every Christmas, but I, I like to watch certain ones, and they're, they're a lot of fun. Well, I have a favorite, more than even Christmas with the Cranks, and that is The Grinch. How many of you have ever seen The Grinch, right? It's an incredible movie. I love to watch it. Now, it's actually written by Dr. Seuss, and The Grinch That Stole Christmas was actually published in 1957. And it is older than I am. If you want to know how old I am, go on the Southern State Parkway. And the truth is, there's actually a connection between Dr. Seuss and the Grinch. In his own words, listen to what he says, I was brushing my teeth on the morning of the 26th of December when I noticed a very Grinch's countenance on, in the mirror looking right at me. It was Seuss. So I wrote about my sour friend, the Grinch, to see if I could rediscover something about Christmas that I had obviously lost. He had lost something about Christmas in his own personal heart that he wanted to rediscover. Now, the story of the Grinch that stole Christmas is a story about the Grinch who is bitter, he's grouchy, and he lives on Grumpet Mountain. It's a steep high mountain, and it's just north of the town called Whoville. How many know that Whoville is actually in the Bible? The Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I want you to turn your name and say, you are a who. <laughs> and you're from Whoville, right? So the Bible talks a lot, a lot about who's and whosoever's. And so Whoville is filled with people who want to really celebrate Christmas. His only companion is the unloved but loyal dog, Max, which he actually talks into becoming a snow reindeer. Annoyed, he decides to stop Christmas from coming by stealing all the presents under the trees and the food at Christmas time. He crudely disguises himself as Santa Claus and, and he forces Max to disguise himself as a reindeer and they go down to Whoville so that they can collect all of the gifts and go back up the mountain and prepare to dump them in the abyss. Now, this story actually has a happy ending. How many of you like Christmas stories with a happy ending? Let me see how many of you are Hallmark people. Let me see your hands if you're Hallmark people. My wife is a Hallmark person, and let me tell you, wow, I need a lot of patience with those movies. Now, I, I couldn't help but to think as I was watching this incredible movie called The Grinch That Stole Christmas, to actually begin to sympathize with the Grinch. I mean, I have the gift of mercy as a pastor, and I try to look at the good in everyone. So while I'm actually watching the movie, 
You know, most people would be like, you know, he's a Grinch. He's a bad Grinch. He's a mean, mean Grinch, and we need to get rid of him. I was actually praying for the Grinch. I found my heart being warm towards the Grinch. Why? Because there was something that happened to him. Yes, he was mean, and yes, he was really wrong for stealing all those gifts. And yes, outwardly, he was really, really a grouchy, grumpy, unlikable person who was green with bitterness and green with anger and green with unforgiveness and vengeance. But did you ever ask yourself a question? Why are some people so rude? I mean, come on. Did you ever ask the question, why are some people so unthankful in life? I mean, like, you know, Christmas time, we all try to be a little bit more kind. So when we're going into the store, we open the door and we hold the door. And the next person, the next person, the next person, you know. And I do that all the time. And I notice that nobody says thank you. And I'm like, I want to, you know, close the door on them, right? You know, did you ever notice when you go to some places, they're just grumpy people, grouchy people all around us? You know, did you ever notice when you're at a stoplight and if you take one second longer because you glance down at your phone, which you shouldn't be doing, then everybody's honking on the horn and they're cursing at you and screaming at you. Why are people so unhappy? Did you notice that people can really be rude and mean and unhappy and can be isolated? Did you notice that we tend to isolate ourselves from one another and from our neighbors, and why? Did you ever ask yourself, why do some people respond the way that they respond? Why do people react to situations with so much negativity and fear? Now, I know that this is a fictional story about a fictional person, but if you really go into the life of the Grinch, you will know why he was the way he was. Now, Dr. Seuss writes it this way. Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch who lived just north of Whoville did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask me why. No one quite really knows the reason. It could be, perhaps, that his shoes were too tight. It could be that his head wasn't screwed on right, but I think most likely, the reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. Somehow, the Grinch's heart had shrunk. It was two sizes too small. His heart had become hardened. He lost heart capacity. And why did he lose heart capacity? Because if you know the story, when he was a little boy, he was different. And as a result of being different, he was made fun of. He was rejected. He was laughed at. And as a result of that, he grew up as a mean, grumpy, grouchy man. Why? Because the truth is, he lost heart capacity. He had no longer any room in his heart for joy. His heart lost heart capacity to really have peace and love and compassion, even to simply celebrate the simple things of life. He couldn't do it anymore. Why? Because his heart shrunk all the way down and it had no room to love people. It had no room to even love himself. And the truth is there are millions of people today who have lost heart Capacity. Everybody say heart capacity. They have lost the capacity to love God with all their heart, soul, strength, and mind and love their neighbor as themselves. You know, that's what Jesus said. Jesus said all of the verses and all of the chapters and all of the stories and all of the law is summed up in two things. That we are to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and all of our strength, that everything within us should have capacity to love God, but not only love God with that kind of capacity, but love our neighbor as ourselves. Now, if we would be honest with ourselves, we would say that we really don't love our neighbor that way. In fact, most of us don't even know who our neighbors are. I mean, if I would take a survey today, I think that most of us would say that we don't know the names of the people that live right around us. 
And the truth of the matter is, is that we don't really, really care for the people that really work with us. Now, I know that there's some that we do, but the truth is we have lost capacity to do that which God has called us to do. And my friend, I know that this is a fictional story, but the symptoms of what we see in our world today is not fictional. We live in a world that's filled with broken-hearted people. We live in a world that's filled with people that their hearts are two sizes, three sizes, four sizes, a hundred sizes too small. They want to love. They want to experience joy. They want to live with peace and goodwill to all men, but their hearts have been wounded, and now they have a Grinch-sized hearts. And if we're really honest with ourselves today, all of us in this room and every one of us that are watching via live stream and those that are in the overflow, all of us have been grinched. In one way or another, our hearts have been grinched. Maybe we've been hurt as a child. Maybe we've experienced some heartbreaking situations in our life. Maybe we've, been, we've felt the pain of being mistreated. Some of us have been on the wrong side of prejudice. Some of us have been on the wrong side of abuse. And some of us have been on the wrong side of rejection. Some of us have experienced the pain of losing somebody or something that we really love in our life. Some of us have felt the heartbreaking pain of a, a bad breakup in our life or maybe uh, the pain of failure in our life. And We've had some Grinch-like situations in our life. You see, the truth of the matter is all of us in this room, no matter who we are, we have been Grinched. You know why? Because we live in a sin-filled world. We live in a fallen world. And as a result of that, sin has entered into the world and it's touched all of us in one way or another. And when we get hurt, and if we don't deal with the hurt the right way, the godly way, our hearts become hardened. Our hearts begin to shrink and our hearts lose their capacity to love the way that God intended us to love. Remember, he said, love God with all of your heart, not just part of your heart, not just 30% of your heart, but God wants all of our heart. He wants all of our soul. He wants all of our mind, all of our strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. Now think about that for a moment. Now, if we were to truly love God with all of our heart and we were to love our neighbor as ourselves, wow. How many of you are thankful that God forgives you on a daily basis? How many of you are really thankful for the mercy of God in your life? How many of you know that you can use a break sometimes? How many of you know that you're really human? Turn to your neighbor right now and just tell your neighbor, you are a whosoever that's human. And the truth is, if we would truly love our neighbor... If we would truly love the people that are around us like we love ourselves, we would have such capacity to be God-like. Amen? We would change the world if we would truly love God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind and love our neighbor as ourselves. You see, we were all born with a tremendous capacity to love. When you were born... You were given a certain capacity to love. How do I know that? Because you see, I love my little Ellie. My little granddaughter, she's two years old, and she is the most beautiful, the, most, the smartest, most intelligent, the most unbelievably awesome little girl that God has ever created in the universe, <laughs> besides my daughters. There's nobody better than Ellie. Nobody. Listen, I'm sorry. I know that you're grandparents, and I know that you think that your granddaughter's the best, but my granddaughter really is the best. <laughs> and I don't have a problem telling you that either. And the amazing thing about my granddaughter, little Ellie, is when she sees Papa. Papa! 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 She just loves Papa. And she sees all the good things about Papa. Yesterday, my daughter and my son-in-law and little Ellie were outside with the dog, and they were playing. And just out of nowhere, and I wasn't anywhere to be found, she just started going, Papa, Papa, where are you? I love that. I love it. They take those videos, and she say, Papa. 
And, and the beautiful thing about little Ellie is she just has this smile and this love, although she hit the twos and she's learned some words now, like, no. The truth of the matter is you look at this little baby, you look at this little girl, this beautiful little girl, and she has such an incredible amount of love for Papa. And she has such an incredible amount of love for Nana and Dada and Mama and Nana. You know who Nana is? It's her Aunt Jenna. And she said, Nana, where are you? And when, when Ellie enters the room, everything is good. Life is good. I don't care what's going on. Life is awesome because of all the love that flows out of her heart towards me. And I don't ever want this to happen to little Ellie, but the truth is when she grows up, as she's growing older, she's going to feel the pain of a sin-filled world. And her heart is going to be bruised. And there are going to be things and experiences that she's going to ha have in her life because we all live in a sinful, grinched-like world. But Jesus said, if you want to really experience the kingdom of God, if you really want to know my father, if you really want to have love in your heart, you have to become like a little child to enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus was really saying, I want to do heart surgery on you. I want to change your heart. Why? Because I want to widen again. I want to expand again your heart capacity so that you can be like me. Somebody help me out and say amen. amen. See, because sometimes... Over time, our hearts can become hardened. That's why the prophet Jeremiah once said, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Over time, our hearts get wounded by the sins of others or by our own sins in our own life. And our heart gets grinched and our capacity begins to shrink. And we become hardened, listen to me, towards others around us. We become skeptical. We become critical. We become judgmental of other people. We become indifferent to the pains of people. And man, I can't help but to see all around us how people are becoming so indifferent to the pain of people around us that we can, we can go to New York City and see a homeless person. In the moment we see that homeless person, we start to think about reasons why we shouldn't help that person. Or we think about people that are down and out, and we think, well, they deserve that. And our hearts, little by little, they start to, to shrink, and we lose the capacity. And then we start thinking, what's this person's angle? Why, did this, why does this person want to get to know me? What does that person want from me? And now, instead of seeing people in the light of how God sees people, seeing people through the lens of love. And the Bible says love believes all things. It trusts, it hopes. Love is patient, love is kind. Instead of having that heart, our heart becomes grinched and it becomes smaller and smaller and we lose the capacity that God has given us to trust in and love people the way that God has loved us. Come on, somebody say amen. My friend, that's where Christmas comes in. That's where the heart of Christmas really comes in. That's where the glory and majesty of Christmas comes in. You see, the heart of Christmas is actually found in the act of Christmas. God so loved the world. God's capacity. God so, everybody say so. That word so, Paul the Apostle said, I want you to be convinced. I want you to understand. I want you to experience how high and how wide and how low and how deep is the love of God. And John declares God's love was so deep and so wide and so long and so incredibly majestic that his capacity to love us was a love that sent his son into the world. God so loved the world that he gave. It wasn't a moment. It wasn't just a thing that we can celebrate once a year but it was an act 
of Christmas. It was a sacrificial heart that gave us Christmas. It's not about giving or getting gifts, but it's about actually receiving the greatest gift of all, and that is Jesus, a sacrificial love, giving up his life so that we could have life. It was a humble heart, as the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, that Jesus did not consider equality with the Father something to be grasped, but he made himself lower than the angels, taking on the form of a servant, even becoming obedient unto death. He did that for you. He did that for me. It's a giving heart. God so loved that he gave he gave us the very best gift, and God always deserves back from us the very best. It was a rescuing, redeeming, and saving heart. It was an absolutely forgiving heart. It was a generous heart. It was a loving heart. Love God with all of your heart. And this morning, God once again wants to take our hearts that are two sizes too small and expand our heart capacity so that we can once again love God with more of our heart. So that we can love our neighbors with more of our heart. So that we can live life to the fullest with more of our heart. You see, because the truth is we all need to recapture the true heart of Christmas. And the only way that we can recapture the true heart of Christmas is to allow God to recapture, restore, renew our Grinch-like hearts. And what is the heart? Well, the Bible talks about the heart more than a lot of other subjects. In fact, it talks about the heart about 300 times in the scripture. So what is the heart? Is the heart an organ in our body? No. The heart is actually the real you on the inside. And so often when God talks about the heart, he's actually talking about the spirit of the man, the soul of the man. It's the real you on the inside. It's the you that has capacity to feel. It's not this. It's not the organ. But it's you who has the capacity to respond to a need. It's the real you on the inside that has the capacity to respond to the love of God. It's the real you that has the capacity to respond to people when they love you. You love them back, hopefully. It's the inner you. And this is what the Bible tells us about the heart. That, that man, he looks at the outward, but God looks at the heart. Psalms 44 tells us that God, only God knows the secrets of our real you. So that the truth is we can smile on the outside. We can put on our Christmas best. But on the inside, we can be like the Grinch. And nobody else can see it, but God can see it. Nobody else knows, but God knows. God knows why we do what we do. That even uh, one of the reasons why Jesus came to the world was, yes, to die and save us from our sins and make us holy. But he came into this world to be like an x-ray machine, to show men their hearts. And so there were religious people, and they went to temple every week, and they gave all their money, and they did all these things. And Jesus said, but no, there's something wrong. Man looks at the outward, but I'm looking on the inward. That's why they crucified Jesus, because Jesus could look right past them and see their grins like heart and I want you to know today that God loves you and he has a plan for your life and he's a grace filled God but God sees your heart and he sees my heart and he sees the real me and he sees when I am not as forgiven as I should be and when I'm judgmental and critical and I don't give people a break and I cut people off in my heart why because there's something wrong with the heart and Proverbs 4:23 says keep your heart with all vigilance from from within it flows all the issues of life Jesus tells us in Mark chapter 7 from within out of the heart of a man comes every thought from the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks but listen to me what we see with our eyes and we hear with our ears and we speak with our mouth are all colored by our hearts and if our hearts have been wounded, we will react negatively to life. But this morning, God wants us once again to bring, us, bring him our hearts 
so that he can expand our hearts once again so that we could love deeply, so that we can love God passionately, so that we can love God fervently, so that we can love God and love others with a great heart, with an expanded heart. God wants to expand our heart capacity so that we can love again, so that we can trust again, so that we can feel again, so that we can rejoice again. You see, all of our hearts have been touched with sin. And I want to ask you a question this morning, today. Has your heart been wounded? You see, I want to stop right now. And I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Don't fall asleep. But I want you to close your eyes. And I want to ask you that question again. Has your heart been wounded? You see... I call it the bruises of Satan. And the earlier that Satan can bruise our hearts, the earlier Satan can wound our hearts, the longer we live with that wound in our heart, the harder our heart becomes. The more walls we put up, the more barriers we put up against and beyond to keep other people out so that they won't hurt and wound us again. So have you been wounded. Maybe you've just decided to try to forget about that hurt or that abuse or that painful memory. Look at me. But God, he wants to cleanse that heart. He wants to heal your heart and he wants to restore your heart. Why? Because some of us, the truth of the matter is, is even though we smile on the outside, we truly are having a hard time loving the way that God really wants us to love. Some of us have really such a difficult time to trust again people because we've been hurt by people. And the only way that we can have a healed heart, a restored heart, is to actually allow God access to the hurt and wound in our life. And that's where, listen to me, that's where the true story of Christmas actually comes in. That's why Christmas is so powerful because here's what the Bible says in Psalms 34. God is close to the brokenhearted and he binds up the wounds of those that are hurt. God is close. How close is God? Well, that's the joy of Christmas. That's the story of Christmas. That's why we celebrate Christmas because the Bible says in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God, but the word came down, and the word became flesh, and the word dwelt among us so that we can see him full of glory and truth. Peter the apostle said, we touched him, we heard him, we felt him, and we experienced him. And yes, Jesus came down to die on the cross, but he also came down because he wanted to come really close to us. As the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, Behold, a virgin shall conceive a child, and they shall call him Emmanuel. God is with us. That's the joy of Christmas, that God came down from heaven, and he walked with us, and he walked through the valleys of the shadow of death with us, and he walks through the fire with us, and he comes close to us. As the Bible says, we have a high priest that's been touched with the feelings of our infirmity, and he was without sin so that we can come boldly to the throne of grace to receive help and, and grace in a time of need. Why? Because he came close to us. God is always close, listen to me, to the brokenhearted. And right now, maybe your heart's been broken. I know some of you just kind of, you're living in denial. I'm okay. Everything's great. But you're really not. See, not one of us in this room are okay because we've all been touched with a sin-filled, Grinch-like world. But I'm so glad that Jesus comes. He's close to the brokenhearted and saves. Listen to what he says. He's close to the brokenhearted, and he rescues, he saves, he redeems, he restores those that are of a crushed spirit. That's exactly what the devil wants to do to you. 
That's, that's exactly what he does from when you're a little child. He wants to crush your spirit and he wants to wound your heart so you can't feel, you can't respond, you can't know You can't experience the fullness of Christmas in your life, the fullness of God coming down to be with you, to restore you, so that you might have life and that life more abundantly. And the abundant life is not more stuff. The abundant life is God living inside of you, the power of the Spirit living inside of you so that you might be connected to the Holy Spirit, so that you might have the love of God shed abroad in your heart, so that you might have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love and peace and joy. How many of you know that this world needs a little bit more love and it needs a little bit more peace on earth and goodwill towards men and it needs some joy deep down on the inside and God today, he wants to come close to you. He's here in this room right now and not only does he want to come close to you but he wants to heal your broken heart because that's what it says in Psalms 147 verse 3. Not only does he come close to the broken hearted but he comes to heal the brokenhearted and bind up their wounds. See, healing is a process. I know, I know that we want December 25th to be a magical day. We do. We really do. We want Christmas, December the 25th, to be perfect. We want our kids to be really good on that day, don't we? I mean, extra good. We don't want them to complain. When we give them a gift, we want them to say, thank you, I love this gift. I'm gonna take half my gifts and give it to the poor. (laughs) And we want our husband to, you know, behave himself on Christmas day. We want everything to be perfect. We want snow, but not a lot of snow, just a little bit of snow. Because we want a white Christmas. And we want that day to be magical as if on that day something magical happens and everyone's happy and everyone's kind and everyone's compassionate and everyone understands the true meaning of Christmas because we want it to be magical, but that's not the way it is because the truth is healing is a process that happens and it begins with us giving our heart to God. You know, in my life, and I'm just going to be transparent and honest and open with you today, my life has been far from perfect. I grew up in this church. I heard the Christmas story all my life. I started coming to this church when I was six years old. And as I grew up, As a little boy, my father died when I was four years old. My stepfather died when I was 13. And between that time, growing up, I experienced a lot of pain in my life. I experienced abuse in my life. I experienced rejection. My mom went to work 12 hours a day. We were left to ourselves most of the day. And when you're left to yourself as a child for most of the day, there are people that tend to take advantage of you. And not only that, but you, you start really wondering, why am I here? What's going on in my life? And, and then at 19 years old, having so much pain as a child, and I grew up in the church, but having experienced the pain of abuse, the pain of losing two fathers in my life, the pain of not ever having a father look at me and say to me, I mean, when I was little, maybe, but I don't remember. I'm proud of you, son. You can do it, son. I'm there for you, son. And so I grew up and had all of that pain, the wound in my heart that the enemy wanted to inflict in my spirit so that God would not be able to use me for his glory and his honor. He tried. He did not win. Hallelujah. But let me tell you, when I was 19 years old, I came on a Sunday morning, and I gave my life to Jesus. And I thought after I gave my life to Jesus, everything's good, everything's wonderful. I felt like everything was pretty good for a little while. And then when I was 25 years old, and I'm just gonna just lay it out, tell you what happened. 
But when I was 25 years old, I had my first daughter, my beautiful daughter, Janine. And it should have been the most happiest day of my life. And I brought my little daughter, Janine, home, and I went through a dark season of my life. I was happy. I was joyful that I had a little baby. I was scared, scared, scared to raise this little baby. And I had anxiety, and I couldn't sleep at night. I had sleepless nights because all of the memories of what happened to me as a child came back up again. And I realized I didn't have a daddy to protect me from somebody that abused me as a child. And I realized there were things that happened to me that I had suppressed for so long in my life. I didn't want anybody to know about it. I, I thought I had forgotten about it. I thought I had gotten over it. But you see, that's why Jesus is so wonderful. He doesn't want us to suppress something so that our hearts can be two sizes too small. You see, God understood that if he didn't heal me and he didn't restore me of this, that I would carry this hurt into my ministry and it would cripple my ability to feel and love people. It would cripple my ability to have a heart that's big enough to be able to see somebody who's been abused and say, I've been where you have been and I know a God that can bring healing in your life. God began to heal this broken heart of mine, and I realized in my life, 25 years old, 30 years ago, I began to realize that God is so good that little by little, he takes a wounded heart, a broken heart, and he begins to repair it. And to the extent that we give him our heart, and it's hard for some men in this room to give God our hearts. Because you see, our father was never there. Our father was abusive. Our father rejected us. Our father demanded so much from us so that we worked so hard. We worked so hard to be everything we want to be in our life. And we will never let anybody get so close to our heart that we have closed our hearts and the capacity of our heart has shrunk so that we truly can't love the way God loves. But then we can understand and bring, a, bring God our hearts and say, God, I want you to widen my capacity of my heart to love not only people who love me, not only people who Accept me, but Lord, I want to love like you. And Jesus says, love even your enemy. Pray for them and bless those who despitefully and wrongfully abuse you. Wow. The capacity to forgive somebody, the capacity to release somebody from the hurt they inflicted on your life so that you can live in freedom so that you can celebrate the very heart of Christmas, that Christ would come as a child, raise, be raised as a young man, die on the cross, and while hanging on the cross, look down at his very accusers and abusers and forgive them, for they know not what they do. Wow. So you might, stay, you might say today, Pastor Steve, you're not talking to the right crowd because we're not hurt, we're not wounded, I'm not, I'm okay, everybody's okay, we're good, I'm good. Let me ask you this question. Do you love the way Jesus loves? Can you forgive the way Jesus forgave? If you can't, then you have a wounded heart that needs to be healed. As the worship team comes, I'm praying today that God would enlarge our hearts around this Christmas season so that we can love deeper and greater, so that we can love again and trust again. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal up the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captive and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those that are bruised. That's you and I. That's you. Look at me. That's you and I. The Holy Spirit is upon me. The Spirit of God is in this place right now. And his anointing is here. 
And as I'm preaching the good news to the poor, and who are the poor? Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall see the kingdom of God. They shall experience the kingdom of God. And it's not a person that doesn't have money. It's a person that realizes that we're broken, that we are broken as individuals, and our hearts have been wounded, and we desperately need God. And he sent me to heal, restore the brokenhearted, and to set free those that are held captive by bitterness. Maybe you're in this room today and you know, you know there's a part of your heart that you have not given to God because that's the part that's been wounded. And God's saying, that's the part I want to heal. And the recovery of sight to the blind, to open our eyes so that we can see that there's been wounds in our life that need to be healed, come out of denial and to set at liberty those that have been bruised. He's here right now. Right now. Or maybe you're watching via live stream today. He's here. He's with you in that living room. Young lady, you're watching from wherever you are in the world, and your heart has been bruised and wounded. Jesus, who loves you so much, is here to heal your brokenhearted heart so that you can trust again, so that you can love again. You say, my heart's not really broken. And the truth is, God's saying to you today, take a good look deep down in the inside. As David said, search my heart, O God, and see if there's something in it that's broken. And I wonder today, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, how many men in this room have broken hearts today you had a very difficult childhood. Your father wasn't there. Your father abused you. And now you have a wounded heart. How many women have broken hearts today? You know that your heart has been wounded and now you find it hard to trust your husband to really love and submit to him and not feel just like an object. Or maybe there's a teenager here that has a broken heart. There's a young person here that has a broken heart. And you've got memories that sting. And they've created pain-filled moments in your life. God wants to heal your wounded heart. Or maybe the truth is, as you hear the stories of others, how God has healed them, you want to respond, but your heart is so numb to the whole true meaning of Christmas. It's like that, that parable that Jesus spoke about in Matthew chapter 13. The farmer went out to sow seeds. Listen to me. The seed is God's wonderful word that wants to heal your heart. But the Bible says that when the farmer went out to sow the seed, plant the seed, the, the ground was so hard. That's your heart. The ground symbolizes your heart. The ground was so hard that the seed could not penetrate the ground and the seed was stolen away by the enemy. That's exactly what Satan wants to do. He wants to steal the word from you this morning. Because your heart is so hard. Maybe somebody invited you to come to church today. And you thought you were just going to come to church and hear a cute sermon about the Grinch. But God has apprehended you today. And he's speaking to you. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you. And he's saying to you, your heart is hardened. And you can't really respond to your children. Maybe you're just busy with work. Because you really don't want to face the fact that you don't know how to love your children. God today wants to give you a new heart. Not just a healed heart. But I love what the Bible says. In Ezekiel chapter 36. He says I will transplant your heart. This morning God will give you a brand new heart. Maybe your heart is so hardened today that you just don't even want to be prayed for. You don't really want to go any deeper. That's where God says, I want to give you a new heart. Ezekiel 36, and I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean and I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. All the things in your heart that takes you away from loving God. Idols, idols. You know what idols are? Anything that you depend on more than God to make you happy. And I will give you, look what he says, a new heart. I will give you a new heart. If any man be in Christ, 
He is a new creation. I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you so that you will be able to have capacity in your life to respond to my love, capacity in your life to celebrate Christmas and the real meaning of Christmas, capacity to love your neighbor as yourself. God wants to give you a new heart. He wants to soften your heart. We can get so callous, friends, towards our neighbors, our wives, our children, our co-workers. We can get so callous to our world that we could turn on the TV and all around us, violence. All around us, we see things and, and our hearts are becoming so hardened that we can't even feel our hearts are not broken any longer. Our hearts are not broken for the lost. Our hearts are not broken for those that need to know Jesus like we know Jesus. But the first thing that God requires is that you bring him your heart so that God can begin to heal your heart. So, so you're here this morning, every one of you in the balcony, on the first floor, in the cafe, even if you're watching via live stream, you say, Pastor, I want God to expand my capacity. I want God to expand my heart capacity. I want to love again with a pure heart. I want to love again with a passionate heart. I want to love with a forgiving heart, with a serving heart, with a humble heart. I want God's heart in my heart. I want God to do a new work to heal my broken heart, heal my heart and heart. I want you right now, wherever you are, I want you to stand to your feet and say, God, begin the work in me right now. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on. You know I'm talking to you today. You know I'm talking to you today. I'm talking to me today. <laughs> I don't ever want to get so callous that I lose the real meaning of Christmas. Hallelujah. And the first, the first place we go to, the first thing we need to do is recognize who Jesus is. We need to start with thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I recognize, Jesus, that the true meaning of Christmas is that you had such a gigantic heart that you came and you died. And the only response I must have to your death on the cross is I worship you, Lord, for who you are and what you've done. So bring, bring him your heart right now. Would you, would you just, listen, look, from, from the abundance of the heart, look, look, from the abundance of the inner me, the mouth speaks. So what's in my heart comes out. If bitterness is in my heart, it comes out. If anger and unforgiveness, it's, it's going to come out. If thankfulness and humility and love is in my heart towards God, it will come out. I want you to sing this simple song. Oh, come, let us adore him. And as we begin to sing that song, I want you to sing it with all your heart to the Lord and say, God, give me a worshiping heart this Christmas. Give me a thankful heart this Christmas. Would you sing it with me? Come on, raise your hands right now. do 
I believe the Holy Spirit is here in this place. Remember what it said. It said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Look at me. Look at me. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me to preach the good news, to heal up and bind up the brokenhearted, to open the eyes of the blind and set at liberty those that are captive so that our hearts can have capacity again. I don't ever want to get to the point in my life where my heart becomes so hardened that I don't look at someone in need with a heart that Jesus has. I don't want my heart to become so hardened that I can't feel, that I can't sense God's presence all around me, that I can't say, oh God, there's a world that's broken, there's a world that's wounded, and here I am, Lord. Send me, God. Send me, God. Send me to the brokenhearted. Send me to the young girls that have been abused. Send me to the young boys and young men that have been abused so that I can speak life to them and, and pull them out of the heartbreak and misery of pain and heartache that came from when they were kids or even today. Send me, Lord, to those that are lost and dying. And they need hope. This world needs hope. And here's what we're going to do today. I, I believe God is up to something today. I believe the Holy Spirit. I know you came today and you thought, oh, we're going to hear a cute sermon about the Grinch, but God apprehended you today. This was not a cute sermon. This was a deep, deep sermon about the healing power of God. I'm creative. What can I say? But it was deep. And I know some of you really need healing today. And as your pastor... Somebody said to me before the service, and you have to preach today on your birthday. I said, the greatest thing that I could ever do on my birthday is represent my king. Hallelujah. The greatest thing I could do on my birthday, and the greatest gift that I could ever have is to preach a sermon that would connect to your heart and to watch you be healed by the power of God. So there's hundreds of birthday gifts in this room for me today. It's a heart that's going to start being healed. How does it begin? It brings with you bringing your heart to God. So as a symbol of faith today, Pastor Henry and I and Pastor Jared is here. We're going to come and we're going to stand right here and we're going to pray for you for healing today. Maybe you need heart capacity today. Maybe you need to let go of some bitterness or hurt in your heart. Maybe you need to trust again. Maybe you just want God to change this heart, give you a compassionate heart in a world that's so hard and you want your heart to be softened. I want you to get out of your seat right now and come. We want to pray for you right now. We want to pray healing right now in the name of Jesus over your life. And Anthony's going to lead us in worship today. And after you finish worshiping for a few moments, go outside and get a picture with the Grinch. And I love you. And I'm praying for you that the Lord Jesus Christ would give you such a soft and beautiful heart that you'll be able to respond to God in the way that God wants you to do it. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. God, for all that, those that are here today, God, that you would begin to do a work in their hearts, God. Keep our hearts sensitive and soft. Help us to be more like Christ this Christmas season, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you.